Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin of Powered Up Talk Radio, and we've got you covered from coast to coast. Linda is in New York today. I'm in Los Angeles. We're going to be welcoming on later in the show Karen Lang from Georgia, so we're going to get some roundtable discussion going about changes. And you know, Linda, I have read A Course in Miracles, all 1,308 pages. I've read Marianne Williamson's books. I've studied Changing with Tony Robbins. Um, the problem I have with changes is why are they such a huge pain in the ass when they happen? Like, I know doors open. I know things are going, going to be better, but at the point at which the change happens, it's just really, really difficult. And I'm so excited to talk to you today, Linda, because you're going through a lot of changes in your uh, in your living uh, situation. So let's talk about how, that's, uh, how that feels for you right now. <laughs> you know what? I can barely talk. I am so wiped out. I feel like I've been digging ditches for 10 hours. And I really didn't do... Um, any physical labor today, but leading up to the to the this renovation, I was working really hard, and I think because today I I slowed down, it hit me, and I just feel, you know, like, oh my God, I just want to go to sleep, and 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 change is. I, you know, not only in my case is it <laughs> physical labor, but um, change is a lot of emotional stuff. You do a lot of thinking about change, um, and when it hits you, um, change is kind of a, a fearful thing because you don't know what's going to happen at the other end of change. So I think it is. It is. It's very draining. Um, and sometimes it can be very exciting, but. You know, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the finished product. But while the change is going on, um, it it is because it cha- you know it changes that word your routine. You know, any kind of change. And I and I say about this change, um, this is good change. This is happy change. Uh, there's a lot of things that change in an instant that aren't happy change. You know, so I, I when I, I pull when I'm feeling, oh my God, I kind of pull myself back and say, you're very lucky. This is something that you initiated. It's going to be very lovely. Um, think of some poor people that that get a piece of news or something happens and it changes their life forever. And you know that that's really um, harrowing. It is, but you know what? Change just sucks. You know. I understand that the out product of change is almost always for the better. You know, like whether, you know, it was, it was death, divorce, you know, whatever. There's all sorts of, you know, sunny, happy, warm rainbows at the end. But the process of it, when you're yeah. in the middle of it, like you are, you're in the throes of it. You know, and I did all this research. Like, you know, I went to strategicsimplicity.com. I went to all these different uh, resources, you know, about navigating change, not only for myself, but to be a good friend and support you through this change because you were great during, you know, my mom's uh, illness and death. You were great through my divorce. You, know, you were so there for me. And I thought, okay, I'm going to have all these pearls of wisdom to help me through <laughs> this change. And then I got up this morning, and I'm like, I got nothing. I'll call you in the park and tell you I love you and wish I was there to help you. That's as good as well, that you know, that's all it, it takes. I don't think we have to be awfully creative. Um, it, it is. It's a process, and you, and, you know, and you work through it, no matter what, no matter what the change is. But it's, yeah, it's, it's, um, 
anything you know and i'm the type of i'm not i'm the type of person i'm a virgo i'm very very organized <laughs> so i know where everything is and everything is neat and tidy and you know either that's a virtue or a curse i haven't figured out which yet but um, now everything, I don't know where anything is, and it's it's in upheaval. You know, the living room's in the dining room, then the, the bedroom is no more, the bedroom is empty because it's being worked on. Um, all our stuff is just all over the place, and so going to find something is like, oh, boy, where is it, you know? And that's, it's stupid, but, you know, it just, it is. It You know, it just disrupts your mental, your physical. It makes you tired. Well, yeah, it's also destabilizing. You know, I was really thinking, you know, after I spoke to you earlier this morning today about the changes, and I, I put myself back into, like, you know, the times that I've moved and my house has been an upheaval. I mean, I think we all recognize um, as women, uh, you know, that have walked this earth for more than 20 years that change is inevitable. Change happens. Change is part yep. of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get it, get it, get it. Um, but the thing that we don't really acknowledge, because, you know, when I did all this research uh, today for the show on change, is that, you know, I'm like, oh, well, you know, change is hard because we try to change things too quickly. Oh, here's a remedy. Slow down. You know, we become discouraged after past failures. Oh, failures happen. You know, I get all this stuff, but realistically, we cannot control anything, most everything we can't control in the world. But Absolutely. we have our house in order when my office is in order and it might be my order versus your order my order might be a mess according to you but whatever our order is is stabilizing because we have yes. to have a stabilizing um environment like when i thought i was going to lose my house in the divorce i was a wreck because i didn't realize how much i anchored my ability to create to run my company to raise my children on just this brick-and-mortar edifice, you know, yeah. that was stabilizing to me. It, it gave me an illusion of something I can control. I can clean the kitchen, that I can control. Yes, exactly, and that's exactly how I feel. Uh, not everybody feels like that. You know, so I, you no. know uh, some people just, you know, the, uh, the birth sign Aries, they just go and they, they flit around and they're probably a whole lot happier because they don't think about those things. But, yes, I find it very stabilizing. I was going to do this renovation four years ago, and I worked with a decorator, and I got all of the fabric and all of the changes that we were going to make. And two weeks before we were supposed to start, I pulled out just because just thinking about it made me so crazy that I said, I can't do this. The upheaval is just too much. My office is here, and my what am I going to do with my phone? What am I going to do with my computer? And, you know, while I, you know, all these things that are going through your mind, and now, of course, then, then I have my dog, Lucy, that was in the picture. How is she going to stand? Or people are going to be walking in and out. And, uh, and you know what? Every day you deal with it. We're very strong, and, and no matter what happens, we, we deal with it. No matter if it's someone in the hospital or or whatever, you know, we're very we're very strong spirited people, and we we are equipped to deal with it. Thinking about it is worse than actually living it. I find <laughs> that's true. Like, yeah, because your your mind can play tricks on you; it can blow things out of proportion, and you know, you can only hold so much in your head. I did a training program today for a client where. I asked him to take, and this sounds so funny because he's a very high-powered executive. Oh, we got to go to commercial break. Um, we'll talk about that when we get back from break. Great. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff. 
and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Then join us for Sex Talk with Lou with your host, Lou Paget on TogiNet Wednesday nights, 9, 8 central. Do you want to recreate a truly connected relationship or wonder, how do I tell my kids about things? Join Lou Paget, one of the world's best-selling authors in the field of sexuality, a certified sex educator and sought-after expert for all media and her renowned expert guests as they discuss anything and everything about sex that impacts our lives and our families' lives. For more on Lou, check out her website, loupaget.com. This is the show where the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health can finally give you the answer to that question. Join us for Sex Talk with Lou with your host, Lou Paget, Wednesday nights at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we are talking today about change. We're talking about navigating change, and so far we haven't come up with any great solutions, Linda, other than change is hard, it kind of sucks, it disrupts your day, we need stability, and when the things that we require uh, for stability in our lives change, it really is nerve-wracking, especially, like for me, type A personality, I don't navigate change well on a good day. No, well, either do I, but, you know, so this is the, the second day of, of the renovation. I, I think I have about 35 more days to go. But, you know, it, it, you know, as the days go by, you know, you kind of sink into the new routine. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, believe me, I'm going to be, I'm going to be thrilled. I'm going to do a dance and have a party when, when it's over. But, you know, I, you might as well go through it and not, and not be crazy every day. So I'm doing my best to pull myself back from that and just be, you know, just go to the gratitude place and breathe. Yes, go to the gratitude place and breathe. Once I get de-stressed <laughs> enough to get to the gratitude place and breathe, I will. Right, right. Um, I'd like to bring our our guest today to join in this discussion about change. Uh, Karen Lang comes to us from Atlanta, and she's got some neat videos out there. She's got a great uh, point of view to share with us today. And I'm going to put you right in the hot seat, Karen. Um, <laughs> change, love it, hate it, deal with it. What say you? Um, I won't necessarily say hate it. Um, I think it comes more from a place of just accepting it and not resisting it. A lot of times I notice like we resist things and the more you resist it, that say, you know, what you resist persists. And I think that plays a major, major role in why we suffer, why we're causing our own selves pain because we're resisting it instead of accepting what's going on and asking, hey, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening right now? And what can I do about it? And if I can't, what do I need to do from that point on? <laughs> what does resisting look like to you, Linda? And then I'm going to ask Karen, because when I hear these terms, like, you know, if you resist, it'll persist. They sound really good, but <laughs> I'm somebody who has to see what it like looks like, feels like, and tastes like. Linda, when you're resisting change, what does that look like to you? Like, how do you act? How do you feel? And, you know, what does it mean for you to resist? Resisting is a terrible thing. Resisting is when you are... All you, all you do is think about the negative, the negative, the negative, and um, and as Karen said, when you're when you're always in that space, and then it keep the negative keeps coming back at you. So you have to realize what you're doing, and if you're resisting something, it's only going to come on stronger. So I think what we need to do is do the opposite of resist and release, and see what happens. You know, take a chance, take a risk, put yourself out there, and see what happens when you when you don't resist the change. Hmm. I know it, I mean, it it sounds easy. It's not easy, but I think that that, that's the key. What do you think, Karen? Um, well, okay. You said give her an example, right, Sandra? 
Yeah, I want I want to see what it looks like because my resisting is no, 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 I won't do it. I'm not going to think about it and hope it goes away. And then I move on to clean my kitchen. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing. I, okay, I get it. Um, okay, well, say for example, you know, um, someone you don't want to talk to. So it might be your ex-husband or we'll go with ex-husband. Yeah, let's go with that one. Let's go with ex-husband. You know, <laughs> say, you, say you don't have a good relationship with your ex-husband and they're trying to get you to do something with the kids, like take the kids up, you know, I'm busy this weekend. And then you're like, no, I'm busy this weekend. I can't do that. And this is your time and blah, 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 blah. You know, and that resistance, it only builds up more resentment towards each other. You're going to feel resentment towards them for trying to, you know, step stump on your time. And it's going to build resistance to them to being more difficult to you. The question is, do you want that person to continue to give you that resistance and other things. It could be other things that have come up and automatically they remember this one instance when you didn't do anything, you didn't help them when they needed the help. And then you're going to need help and then resist. You know, you, it continues. That's what I mean by resistance. What you resist persists. Mm, I just had an out of body experience because you just described my life this weekend. <laughs> I kid you not with that example. Um, but where's the line? And I'm going to ask you both because, you know, it's like my therapy hour again. Where is the line between resistance and agreeing and then letting people walk all over you? Mm. Because not resisting half the time feels like, okay, I'm just letting this person walk all over me because I don't want to make waves, because I don't want my kids upset, or I don't want to, don't want to, don't want to. And then I end up feeling resentful at me. Like, where is that line of resistance? Like, going with the flow sometimes means you get ripped into the undertow and spit out on the shore later. <laughs> I'll, I'll go there first. Um, you know, I don't think resistance is about somebody else. I think it's about the resistance that we cause in ourselves. So, I, you know, I know when, it, when I'm resisting something, I feel lousy. Mm. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel good. You know, it, you, you, you're, you're stressed. You're, you know, you don't physically, you don't feel great. Mentally, you don't feel great. You can't sleep at night. And when you recognize those things in yourself because you are fighting something that does, I think that's the line. And then you have to make a decision. Is this what I want to do? Is this what I'm doing to myself? Or do I just release that and, and, and go to another place? I, you know, that's why I don't think it's about anybody else. I think it, it's something that, I think that's internal talk that you have to do with yourself. I mean, it, that's the way it works for me anyway. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that point. Um, I guess I would say, what are the reasons you're saying no to whatever? Like you're saying, am I doing this for my children? Because am I going to punish my children because, you know, me saying no to him. The question is, why are you doing it? Are you doing it because you know for you inside, like it's the right thing for you to be doing? And so it kind of is picking back of what Linda's pretty much saying. It's like, it's for yourself. It's not about your children. It's not about the other person and how they keep doing X, Y, Z to you. It's about how do you feel about it for yourself? And if you're doing it from a peaceful place within yourself, whatever reasons you choose, not excuses, but reasons you choose, I think you'll find more peace with it. And then ask yourself, hey, should I be doing this? I do that all the time. <laughs> you know, should I be doing this? Is this what works for me? And if I'm not hearing something that's like leaning me towards that direction or something that feels good about it, I like to sit back because trying to rush to a response only brings about that same type of energy. So him ask, so, so go back to what I mentioned earlier, you know, your ex-husband asking you, hey, so watch the kids or whatever. Take your time. Be like, hey, I'll let you. Can I let you know? You know, in thirty minutes or whatever. And then sit down and really be quiet and like listen to yourself and calm yourself down prior to you know even rushing to an answer because your first response is, oh hell no, you know this is my time off. I want to do me and I want to be by myself and I need my me time. You know. So I mm -hmm. think just that sitting back and just. Finding some time to just breathe and hear yourself before you answer from your mind instead of from your heart. 
Well, and I think, you know, that that gets into one of the issues that we have in our society I'm going to bring in uh, next. But, Linda, before I do, I want Linda, go ahead. I just, I, Sandra, you do know what that is about. You've, in the last six months or four months, you had that experience of of watching something go by like a movie. You weren't resisting mm-hmm. it. You just, you just sat there like what was all of this craziness that was going on. You were removed from it. You weren't resisting it. And then it all, it had a really uh, better outcome, certainly for you, because you, you didn't, you resisted the urge to dive in. You, well, and, and, that's, and yeah. It, because you were, it was just a movie and, and you were just watching. And it worked for you. We, we had that discussion, right? So that, that is, that, that is the line that you, you have to make that decision. Am I going to dive in or am I going to just lay back and, and watch it unfold like I'm watching a movie? Remember? Well, and, yeah, well, I do. And I, you know, and that's, that's, you know, Karen, to bring up to speed, what Linda's talking about is I, I was sideswiped by some legal stuff that had nothing to do with me, but it still affected my kids. And so Linda worked with me really a lot about just watching all this stuff unfold and not get involved. Where I fall down on the job is when I'm given a direct, like a response is required. And I think one of the things like with texting and emailing and phone calls and Skyping, you know, it's like everything is so immediate. And, mm-hmm. you know, I thank you both because, you know, Linda, you reminded me about just watch the tornado go by. You don't have to stick your head out and get your head blown off by it. <laughs> and, um, you know, Karen, the idea that in this immediate society we live in with microblogging and tweeting and everything's instant, 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 mm-hmm. you know, an instant answer is almost always going to get us in trouble. Now, our gut instinct answer might be right, but how we execute it uh won't. And I'll give an example of this and then I'll take us to commercial break. Like when I'm asked, you know, like, will you watch the kids this weekend? There's part of me that past resentment comes, well, you walked all over me for 10 years of marriage and now you're going to walk all over me again. Then I'm like, well, I really love my kids and I want to see my kids, but I'm really tired and I'm supposed to work on Sunday. So I'd have to arrange for child here. And then I've whizzed myself into the emotional, physical and mental blender that I call my brain. Um, and you're right. It's like if we just take a minute and we don't have to instant message right back, we don't have to answer immediately because staying out of something, as Linda so put it, like watch it go by as a film stripper. For me, I likened this scenario as a tornado going by. I can watch it go by, but I don't have to stick my head in and get it blown off. Part of that also means waiting for a response time you know, especially in an emotionally charged situation, as Karen said about calming it down, bringing it back a little bit, racking it in, thinking about like really what is the best scenario. Uh, this is Powered Up Talk Radio. My name is Sandra Beck and I'm here with my co-host Linda Franklin. Uh, we are uh, talking about change today. We're talking about navigating change. Change is difficult. We're going to wrap change into forgiveness in the next uh, segment, so you're not going to want to miss that. Our guest today is Karen Karen Lang. And Karen Lang is coming to us from uh, Atlanta, Georgia. So we are pleased to have her here today. And we are going to make this a rockin' second half of the show. So you're not going to want to miss it. We're going to have great, insightful information about what it tastes like, what it feels like, what it looks like. So you guys can take that information and start using it today. More after the break. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. This is for all you girls about 42. Tossing pennies into the fountain of youth. Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life and the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific. You'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Bryles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, And yes, call in with your questions each week. 
For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can with Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Mondays at noon Central. Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches Lessons in Joyful Living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we are visiting with Karen Lang today, and we are talking about navigating change, uh, how change feels, what it looks like, what are some of the things we do, especially as women, high-powered women, type A personalities that are used to having success in life and how we roll when things like our apartment is completely upset. Uh, for a renovation like Linda or, you know, other issues, you know, death, divorce, uh, lawsuits, all those things cause us to have different distractions. And before we went to break, uh, I talked a little bit about the blender brain that I have. And in a a typical example, you know, my ex-husband asked me to watch the kids for a weekend. That's not mine. And I have plans. I've got all these things. And I feel like I need to give an immediate response. And my brain goes right to, well, you walked all over me for the last 10 years. You didn't take me away from the weekend now you're taking your girlfriend away and you know I really want to see the kids because I miss the kids but I have a manicure and a pedicure and I got to work on Sunday and that will require me to find a babysitter and I go way down this whole crazy train track um, <laughs> that I can't even remember sometimes what the original question is and I have to go back to the email or the uh, text to look at it um, so I'm curious to see from both of you, and I'll go to Karen first, you know, what do you have to say about that blender brain? Because I think as women, we do that a lot. (laughs) All right, Sandra. Um, Well, I definitely want to comment on that part. You're saying, you know, your ex-husband, you know, he asked you to watch the kids for the weekend. And the first thing your mind did was it jumped to 10 years ago. (laughs) And there's nothing like having an argument or disagreement or whatever argument with someone and you're trying to discuss something and get a point across and the first thing they do is jump completely out of the conversation and jump to five years ago or something you did that has nothing to do with the conversation and automatically you're taking yourself back to that place of anger that you never settle with yourself because I, I think a lot of times people are trying to have, oh, I want to, I need to resolve this with this person. I need to talk to them so I can have resolution. No, you don't. You need to talk to yourself. You need <laughs> You need to have a talk with yourself and with God and you need to find some resolution and peace with it. You know, and I found one for me, it's something I've been doing as of late. And it's funny what happens every time I do it. Literally, I have to when I start thinking bad thoughts about this one person or how many people (laughs) I start to think to myself, okay, I'm having these bad thoughts about it because bring up thoughts of anger because, you know, they just text me something and instantly my mind goes to angry thoughts of you asking me what? You know, and I have to tell myself, okay, I'm going to bless this person. I'm just going to, I don't need to put my will on it. You know, what exactly needs to happen? It's not my business. You know, it's God's will. It's his business. So I just say, you know what, God, bless them. Amen. Let your will be done. Amen. And just bless them. Bless you. No, like literally have good feelings behind it and be true about it when you're doing it. Don't like, you know, it blessed them, God, because right now they're getting on my nerves. You know, not that, but, you know, Lord, bless them. And keep doing it throughout your day. Every time you think, because those thoughts are going to keep popping up. And it kind of reminds me of something um, I read as a, I heard as a kid, you know, how many times do you forgive? 
from the Bible. How many times do you forgive? 777 times. So thoughts, that one thought might pop into your head 777 times <laughs> about that same person, about the same thing they did to you. And you have to keep forgiving them. That's, and for me, that's the only, and when I do do that, I notice other things change. Not necessarily that person, but other things change. Like other people respond nicer to me. Um, I get more business all of a sudden. Like people are asking me business inquiries and I get more money. It's, it's the weirdest thing, but it always happens to me. So. No, it's not weird. It's called the law of attraction. No, oh, there you go. <laughs> well, that's it. Where, where you are, you, and it's not your words, it's your, it's your vibration. Um, and, and, you know, if you're peaceful and calm and you're feeling good and uh that's what you're going to attract you know the other way you're going to attract more crazy but you know it 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 always comes down to you yeah you know so you you just can't push it out on anyone else because it it's you and i think a lot of us practically everybody it, it we're you know you you read about it in the newspapers every day People just below the surface of normalcy, there is like a volcano brewing in so many people, and all they need is one more little comment or one more little deed to to happen, and then they explode and crazy, you know, and the crazy happens. You know, yeah. whether whether it's we yell at somebody or we or we're doing or we do something we didn't want to do, or you know, you you get a gun and you shoot somebody, or or you know, whatever. But you know, we just controlling, understanding that it's all about us. I think is a big piece of the battle. I mean, I remember once I was having a lousy day and I went over to the supermarket to do a little shopping, and. You know, I'm sort of muttering under my breath just because what I don't even remember what it was. But I reached for something, and and it, it fell out of my hand right on the floor, and in the supermarket. And I had a laugh because I said I created that. Mm. I created that. You know, and and that was you know that was just a reminder. Cool it, sister. <laughs> See, I guess, you know, what it looks like for me is when my electronics go haywire. And I can't explain this other than, you know, I think, you know, we're electrical beings. And when I'm having a really bad day, like I've had a couple in the past couple months, and I will... I'm not kid you not. My router will jack. My computers will not connect. And my Fitbit, the one that I wear on my body, my Fitbit bracelet that I wear every day, that one day that, let, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Linda, remember that really bad day I had, I was like, the last thing, like 10 o'clock at night, I was just, and then I go to check my steps on my Fitbit and it's jammed. And I'm like, you know, and I, I, I emailed the Fitbit people. I'm, I'm Googling like a lunatic, you know, trying to figure out what's wrong with my Fitbit because, you know, me and my little universe has to calculate my steps every day. I don't know. It comforts me. It helps me sleep at night to know how many steps I took. And I have to check it before I go to bed. And when I couldn't, you guys, I was like the Fitbit freak out. It was the one thing, but a electronics will go haywire and you know I was was fiddling with it I was resetting it I was doing all this stuff that I started to cry because I was afraid I was going to lose my data and I'm like okay this is insane you're a grown woman with two children a mortgage a technology company and you're befuddled by a Fitbit so I went and I took a bath and I put on my Dr. Joseph Gallenberger you know brain re calculating CD and listened to it and cried a little bit in the tub washed my hair deep conditioned it got out and the router was working. My Fitbit was working. I leaned over to my tablet, tap, tap, tap. Oh, there's my emails. And then I'm like, oh, my God, you did this. This was all you, meaning me. Yes. But isn't that a great example of, of, of the law of attraction? When you're in Crazyville, every, everything around you, even including your technology, goes, goes into Crazyville, too. Because you're right, we all we're energy. We're putting that out. You're scaring the crap out of all of your all of your <laughs> all of your technology. 
<laughs> well, you know, there's some truth to it because I'm like, I am so, Karen, I run a technology company. So, I, you know, I've got an electrical system, a technology system on my house. I got, you know, super high powered security. I got all this stuff. You know, I'm probably going to get brain cancer from the electrical waves uh, that are emitting uh, from my house is like a hot spot. But, um, you know, it all goes down when I go down. And I think that's a corollary of what Linda was talking about. Now, how about you? Are you going to call me on something else? Because you went, uh, uh, uh. (laughs) Be careful what you go claiming. That's all I was going to start with. But what if, you know, talk about brain cancer and all of that from all of that. Yeah, be careful what you're claiming. Be careful with your words. Yeah, because your words have power. And then I want to go back to what Linda was saying, that we attract things into our lives. And, you know, with you, you know, dropping the thing you were fumbling for. um, I guess the question to you, Sandra, would be is, you attracted that situation to your life somehow, you know, like everything that's going on with you, you attracted it somehow, even down to your, you know, your ex-husband contacting you, you know, asking you to watch the kids. You attracted those feelings somehow. You know what I mean? And I know we probably don't even think about it and we might want to blame them for the 10 years of, you know, whatever it did, they didn't take you out, blah, 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 blah. But you also played a role in it. You know, we all play a role in our own dirt. <laughs> sure. <laughs> We play a role in our own dirt by not accepting things. You know, say, for example, if they didn't take you out, you never said anything, but you're mad at them. In actuality, you're not even mad at them. You're really mad at yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like all the, I always like to look at it that way. When I start noticing I'm mad at somebody, I'm like, hold up. Well, why am I mad? Because they did this. And then when I keep asking myself these questions, all of a sudden, all these other things start popping up. It's not that I'm mad at them. I'm really mad at myself or something else that's kind of associated with it, but it's not, or something else that someone else did to me and I never really looked at it and acknowledged my behavior in it. And it's always, it's all, Linda said it, it's always to do with you. (laughs) It all comes back to you. And I think probably once you start to kind of start dealing with some of those feelings and forgiving, because you, you gotta, you gotta let go of some of it. Not even some of it. You try to work on letting go of it whenever it pops up. Because I feel like all these situations pop up in our life. Like you said, the changes. All the changes pop up in our life, not for us to just stare at it. It's there for a reason, teaching us some kind of lesson. We just don't need to. Don't need to. <laughs> we just need to ex- work on accepting it and seeing why it's there versus resisting it. Because it's all going to keep popping up. Yeah. And you guys, I want to talk to the how of this. Like we're talking about a lot about what we should do, like forgiving and letting it go and, you know, what to do when it pops in your head. You know, we've only got, you know, a couple of minutes before break, um, but I'm going to go to Linda first for her best one best tip for letting go before we go to the break. And then the final segment, we're going to talk about the how of letting go. We talked about the what the how. Linda, you got 30 seconds. Rock and roll. I stop what I'm doing when it doesn't feel good. When I know that I'm pressing, I stop because I know if I continue on, it's only going to get worse. So when you're in a situation where it really feels lousy, like the world is coming down on you, you stop immediately and you know, go meditate, go take a bath, go do something that relaxes you like you did in the bathtub and your electronics started to work again. You stop. Love it. Okay, this is Powered Up Talk Radio. My name is Sandra Beck. I'm here with Linda Franklin. Our guest today is is um, Karen. What's your last name, Karen? God, I blew it. Karen Lang. Karen Lang. We're visiting with Karen Lang today. And uh, when we come back from the break, we are going to talk about the how of letting go, the how of forgiveness. Uh, when we come back, we're going to also get some tips and tricks from the experts at letting go. We've got lots more Powered Up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Are you fascinated by the stories behind the stories, the people behind their masks, the truth about people's failures and redemptions? in both their business and personal lives. Then Off the Record Secrets of with host Judy Schreiner is for you. 
It's people's secrets that make them interesting, but very few folks are willing to reveal them unless they trust that their information will be treated with accuracy, fairness, and respect. People have been entrusting their secrets to longtime business journalist Judy Schreiner for the last 25 years, and now she's bringing her expertise and impressive contact list. Tune in and call in as host Judy Schreiner talks to guests off the record as they reveal new secrets each Tuesday at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Are you ready to start rocking that woohoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke, and empower you to bring out that inner woohoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc., and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boohoo and turn it into woohoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and this is Powered Up Talk Radio. And for those of you that have missed the first three quarters of our show, I invite you to go to PoweredUpTalkRadio.com. You can go to iTunes, type in Powered Up Talk Radio, and there's, I don't know, 50, 60 episodes in there waiting for you to listen to. Or you can go to Global Broadcasting Network's local station, Toginet, T-O-G-I-N-E-T.com, for this and more episodes. When we went to break, we were talking a little bit about forgiveness, and in earlier part of the show, Karen Lang, who is our guest today, made a comment about 777 times. And I Googled it, and it's from uh, it's from the Bible, Matthew 18.22. And uh, no, no, not seven times, Jesus replied, but seven, uh, 70 times seven. Um, I don't know where that got. That's a lot of sevens. I can't do the math. But the point <laughs> is <laughs> that when we forgive, it's not just one forgiveness, the harps play, and then everything's hunky-dory. Um, I wrote an article recently about re-forgiving, that you have to kind of re-forgive over and over until it finally goes away. It's not just a one-time thing. Um, but I'm going to ask you, Linda, what is forgiveness? Like, what does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it taste like? Because learning to live, knowing you need to forgive is a lot different than actually practicing it. And that's where I get stuffed up. Well, you know, as I as I think I said before the break, I, I it, forgiveness. Um, you may think that you've really forgiven somebody, but internally you're still smoldering, and so you're you, you really haven't. You know, you're kidding yourself. Uh, and if someone is still pushing your buttons, alive or dead, then you know you truly have not forgiven them. Um, and I again, I'm not saying it's a, it's an easy process, but it, you know, again, just going. To how you feel, uh, because if if you haven't forgiven, you're usually very you're angry, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're or angry, sad. disappointed, sad. So if those emotions are still present, even though in your mind you said I've forgiven that person, you really haven't. So I I mean I think it all leads down into letting go. So how do you you know how do you truly truly let go? Of 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 these things that are embedded in your in your genes in your DNA. I mean, I, I I don't have the answer, but I all I know is that when you do, I can you know you're going to feel a whole lot lighter. Yeah, because uh, it, it's 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 you know it's not there anymore in any way, shape, or form. So, you know, I I try. I always want to tune into myself to see how I feel, and if you know, and 
that that person that touches your buttons it, it, i mean <laughs> i think they're your they're your true soulmates because they make you take a look in the mirror all the time because all they have to do is say those you know two or three words and you know something's going on so, you know, I, I, I guess I went on in another tangent. I'm tired. But, I, you know, so if Karen, if you have a, a way that you can truly say that you have forgiven, uh, you know, in your whole body, spirit, soul, tell us how you did it. Okay. Uh, well, I'll, I'll name one of the latest <laughs> situations I went through. And this happened, um, I guess I can say, like, back in November. Okay, so November, the person I was dating, we stopped dating because I didn't see it going anywhere after, you know, asking questions, all that great stuff. Um, and then I guess like a month later, I'm trying to avoid this person, by the way, after that, I was like, you know, I need my space. Cause if you spent time with someone, you've gotten used to being around them. You've, you know, you have feelings that you need to dissolve. You know what I mean? So I think given my, for me, I felt like I needed to give myself space. Cold turkey, baby. Yeah, and I needed to give myself space. And for him, he didn't understand it because I guess it'll be our relationship was similar to you and Sandra's, where you talk all the time and you call and ask for advice and you're sharing those types of things. So, oh, and you're not together anymore, and he wants to be your friend. Doesn't understand why you can't talk all the time. Exactly, and that's because he was calling me all the time, and I'm like, uh, I need, you know, I kind of need some time to myself right now, and he wasn't understanding why. And I'm like, okay, because I don't want to go into detail and all that great stuff. All I know is just keep my distance because I have a thing about um, you don't need to tell people, hey, you're doing this to me. You're doing that to me and or talking to you is affecting me or anything like that, because really, I find it pointless. I find it easier to just find a way to be with yourself. And because well, yeah, you're still connected, like even even the process of explaining keeps that connection open, keeps that connection live. That's why I said cold turkey, baby. You got to take <laughs> a break energetically. You got to cut that cord so that you can get to where you need to go, and he can get to where he needs to go. And yeah, you can be friends later, maybe. But the point is, you need that break. Yeah, and in me doing that, in me actually like taking the time not to call, not to talk, and it wasn't because I hated him. It wasn't because I felt like I wasted my time. I just knew, for me, health wise, for my my own men- mental health, my own heart health, my spiritual health, whatever, I know I needed to give myself space. And it kind of goes back to what Linda was saying: is be still, be still, and know that I am God. How else do we reconnect to ourselves? We got to be still. How else do you forgive someone else? Sometimes you got to be still. You got to, and I know it may not be ideal for everyone because. You might have to talk to that person every weekend, you know, because you have children with them or, or every week or whatever. You still have to find your space to be still. I mean, that's, that's the best example I can give because every situation is different. Every situation is not the same. Well, I, I agree with you. And then I'm going to go over to Linda. I just have one little thing to add because, you know, I went to Catholic school too. And I remember one of these, um, I don't remember if she was a nun or she was a nun to be. And we were talking about that thing about be still and know that I am God. She said to me, she goes, well, you know, sometimes that just means shut up. Mm-hmm. Like, shut up, you know, stop talking, stop thinking and, you know, be still and know that I'm God. It's like, you know, shut up. So I just want to throw that out there. So Linda, go ahead. There's my little Catholic school girl comment. You know, as I, I was listening to you guys speak, um, something just popped into my, into my tired head and, <laughs> and this is what it is. And I think we haven't touched on it is how do we forgive ourselves? Mm. Cause I think if we learn to forgive ourselves, then we'll be much more able to forgive others. And uh, forgiving ourselves is a tough one because we blame ourselves for a lot of things. I mean, we could do 429,000 good things mm-hmm. and one bad thing, and what do we harp on? The bad thing. Oh, how could I have been so stupid? How could I have been so blind? You know, why did I do that? And for days and weeks and months that turn into years, Kill yourself for something, you know, that you didn't do. How do we forgive ourselves? 
I know for me, I have to go to like, I go to this church, Bethlehem Christian, and there's one thing that this, the pastor does, and I'm not even, you know, Lutheran or Baptist, whatever the church is. I just like that every week I go in there and he says, okay, take five minutes to think about what you did wrong. And then he stands up there and he goes, okay, by the blessings of God or whatever, he's like, all your sins are forgiven. And he gives me permission to forgive myself. And I know that's pretty lame because I need somebody else to do it, but I haven't found a way that I could just do it myself. I have to have a ritual and that's just me. Um, I'm going to go to Karen. What do you do to forgive yourself? I just tell myself I forgive you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, because easy peasy, because you see yourself in it. You know what I mean? You see yourself in that situation where you know that the reason it's going like this is because of how, because I, I, I overanalyze stuff. So I'll sit there and I'll be, and I'll go through and review what I did. If I didn't, if I don't feel good about it, I'll go through that day and see how I talk to that person and be like, oh, Karen, you know, you should have, you shouldn't have said this. You know, you could have acted, be, behaved nicer. You know, you could have given off better energy because your thoughts were just radiating through your body. <laughs> you know, it's like, so I sit there and review what I did. And then I tell myself, you know what, next time I'm just going to work on doing better. And I think it's not just working on doing better, but it's us learning how to show each other love and showing our self-love. Because you, you said it, Linda, it, it starts with you. If you can't forgive yourself, how can you forgive somebody else? If you can't love your, if you can't love yourself, how can you love somebody else? There's no way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I, that, maybe that's why there's so many divorces in this, in this country because, you know, two people get together, they get all excited about the wedding, but they don't know how to live with one another. So, you know, they get, they get together and they're all carrying this large sack of rocks on their back and, and they, they can't make it. Yeah. It's, it's it's tough. I mean, but yeah, it it again. It, I mean, we keep the, it. It all comes down to you. So we we have to just keep working on ourselves to 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 be happy and peaceful. Yeah, and, and to then, learn and learn from our you know, learn from from our lessons that we've you know we did this before. We don't want to do that again. So how can I change it for a better outcome? Change your expectations. Mm, yeah. A lot of times it's our expectations that get in trouble. They, they get us in trouble because we're putting our expectations of what we would do on somebody else. So that's why we're mad. I never would have cheated on you. I was faithful this whole time. How come you didn't do what I did? Wow. I'm having like an out-of-body experience again on this show. Both of you, I think, are channeling me at this point. Um, The one thing that I'm going to take away from today's show that I found particularly powerful that both of you talked about was, you know, kind of the power of words. And I want to share with our listeners today uh, something that Esther Perel said. Uh, She's uh, on TED Talk, so you can look her up. Uh, E-S-T-H-E-R-P-E-R-E-L. She's really smart. She's, you know, a bunch of different languages, a bunch of different countries, lots of degrees. And she said something that, you know, in American culture and in every culture, word choice is so important. And she said, when you say the word divorce, things like trauma, you know, affairs, um, you know, broken promises comes up and a failure. And she said, if we just started to think about divorce as a reorganization of the family, we can take a lot of that energy out of the situation, how we think about it. It won't change anything. But if you just say, you know what, like I would say I'm divorced, I'm recycled is my joke. But if it's just a reorganization of the family, that's a lot more tolerable to me as a person with just that word choice. And Karen, when you called me on even just the joke about brain cancer, you know, our words have power. Linda, you said our words have energy. Um, I invite everybody listening today to think about the words they use. Linda, uh, Karen Lang and myself, we want to thank you for listening today. We want to thank you for, for choosing us over 2 million times every month. Um, we're going to come back next week with another show. But for today, uh, Sandra Beck, Karen Lang, and Linda Franklin, thank you very much for listening. This is Powered Up Talk Radio, and we'll catch you again next week.
We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage 